Welcome to the Friend Zone. I'm your host, Kojo Minta, and with the help of friends, we will try to clear up the darkness today. We discuss social and personal topics that affect us and possibly you too. This is the only friend zone where there's a solution to get out of it. Today, we have another special guest. I know, I know. I say everyone is a special guest, but truly indeed, this guy is a special guest. If you watch The Bachelor, you've definitely seen him before. Or if you've been to UNC, you've probably seen his face around somewhere in the union. Now, this guy, he moved to North Carolina. Now he resides in Dallas, Texas. Known him for a few years now, but I'll let him tell his full story. Without further ado, I want to welcome Leroy Arthur to the friend zone. What's going on? What's going on, Koja? How you feeling? Good to see you. I'm good. I'm good, man. It's great to see you too. Just saw you about three weeks ago um, now in Dallas, Texas. Yeah. How you been, man? Yeah, I was about to say, you gotta let the people know you touched down. You saw what the Dallas city is all about. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's not just the city, man. I said the whole metro, man. That joint is well huge. Said, man. There's so much to do, man. Glad you got to chill and kick it. For sure, for sure. You know what's funny? Um, there's a guy at my church who went to U, um, UT Dallas that I just found out about. Oh, and he was telling me, yeah, he, he referred to the area, you know, the school's at as Richardson. I was like, okay, yeah, he definitely, he definitely yeah, know yeah, Dallas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're able to split up Plano, Richardson and Dallas, you're really from this end, I would say. For sure. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, man. But. Thanks for having me. Oh yeah, no problem, no problem, man. Hey, you uh, took care of me in Dallas, bro. So we're gonna take care of you in the friend zone. <laughs> yeah, but um, man, how's it been? You know, living out in Dallas now for about the past two years. You know, North Carolina is your home. Yeah. Tell tell us where you know you you grew up and everything like that. Yeah, man. So I grew up in North Carolina, uh, Durham. My family's from Ghana, uh, so. Uh, that was kind of the cultural ties that I grew up in while in North Carolina, being in an African household. Um, but really felt like I assimilated seamlessly. Um, and going through, you know, K-12 in North Carolina was obviously some of my best years. Just enjoyed being in Durham, being in the culture, and being able just to grow up in that space is literally home. Um, and so when I when I moved to Dallas, people be like, "Oh, so how you feel about North Carolina?" I'm like, first and foremost, North Carolina's home. And um, anytime I go back, I just feel like a big rush of nostalgia and like seeing all the trees, seeing all the hills, man, the two lane roads. That's home. Uh, but North Dallas has been good to me as well. So I moved here summer of 2020. So like peak COVID era. So then I, it took a little bit of time just to get acclimating and simulating to the city but it's been good like i could definitely see myself settling down in texas um it feels like a bigger north carolina so was, it was easy to translate to that and also like i didn't know anyone when i moved here uh, so that was like an exciting part of like being in a new city a new state a new area of the country is like making it whatever i wanted it to be and it's been a good journey yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 
And I've been able to, you know, see a little bit about your journey, your transition from North Carolina to Texas. Um, you know, there's evidence of that on social media, but then um, been able to talk to you a little bit too personally about, um, I guess, some of the things you've got yourselves involved in. Yeah. I mentioned earlier that it's been about two years, actually closer to three years now. I think I was thinking about your church's um, anniversary mm -hmm. um, there in Dallas. And, you know, they just turned two years. Shout out to Social Dallas. Sure. And yeah, yeah. But um, since you moved from North Carolina, you've, you know, dibbled and dabbled with a little bit of fashion. You've got your social media, you know, glowing and bustling. Now, talk a little bit about that, man, for people who don't yeah. maybe know yeah, that side yeah. about you. So that, that's been an interesting journey that's kind of just evolved into like, you know, several different paths. So it started off in, I would say 2018, 2019, I started working retail um, at South Point Mall as a sales associate um, at a retail store. And that got, that introduced me to like understanding fashion a little bit, understanding fitting, um, understanding, like just an idea to just use clothes as a form of expression and creativity. Um, and then it led to a friend of mine who wanted to pursue a photography career and her needing, you know, someone to model outfits or just be a, a muse, so to speak, for her uh, catalog. And I was like, of course, yeah, I could put some outfits together. And then it was like, well, since you put these outfits together, do you want to like, you know, style them or like wear them? And I was like, sure, I'll put them together and do it. And so in North Carolina, I just would bump, go around different places like Brightly Square and et cetera, just taking photos. And so as she was building her portfolio, I got an, I was realized that it was time for me to move to Dallas. And I was like, dang, I low-key enjoy like taking photos. Like I had a good time, like putting office together and doing all these things. But obviously like now I don't have an access to a photographer but since I want to keep this up, this is something for me to keep in the back of my mind. Um, and when I left, since we had done a couple of shoots, I had this big catalog of, of photos that I had done. So when I moved to Dallas, I just, you know, cold emailed some agencies out here and told them, hey, I'm an amateur model, so to speak, but this is the work I've done if you'd be interested in picking me up. And there was an agency that said, yeah, let's get to work. And then that's kind of what curated the, um, the ability to start connecting with photographers who are here in Dallas. And it's been real cool to connect and to have a creative space, but also meet a lot of different, you know, creatives, whether it comes to like people who design their own clothes, people who are photographers, um, people who do like lifestyle photos, but they also do photos for maybe like the NFL or do, do, do photos for Fitbit and things like that. So. That's been real cool um, being in Dallas and being able to connect with like a wide range of people. Yeah, for sure. And I think for Ghana Independence Day, you were on the Mizizi promo for the um, New Jersey's they promoted. Yeah. So that was dope yeah. getting to see you yeah, on man. there too. Yeah, that's been that's been real cool. That's been real cool. It's all of a sudden it's like, hey, do you know someone who could do that? Like, yeah, for sure. Da da da. By the mean, by the boom, and it's like, oh dang, like. Super easy. Them, them boys and those girls over there are mad cool. So it was a, it was a match made in heaven. For sure, for sure. Yeah, definitely love that brand. Um, get to rock my jersey whenever I can. Hey, yeah. Even, even, even on you know, I guess non Ghana Independence Day. Yes, man. But All day, man. Three sixty five. 
Oh, for sure. For sure. I got to rep that 233. Yo, got no way. <laughs> got no way. But, yeah, but be, besides that, people may have seen you on TV. Yeah. Um, you were on The Bachelorette, if I'm not mistaken, mm -hmm. just about three years ago, um, approaching three years now. And, you know, people might think since then, dating must become a lot easier for you. You know, you probably got all the women, man, especially being this metro like Dallas. Man, what has it been like since then with dating? Well, I mean, that's that's the thing. Like dating has so looks so many different ways for different people. For me, I've always appreciated an intentionality behind it. So, I mean, post, it it can look like that. It can look like, you know, just going a lot of dates and meeting a bunch of different women. But for me, my intentionality has always been with like wanting to get married and wanting to build something sustainable with the right person. And that comes with, you know, looking for some, you know, pretty like specific qualities or characteristics in a woman and things that I also have to evaluate within myself to make sure that I'm bringing to the table or able to sustain. So that requires a lot of self-work. Um, there can be a lot of fun that comes with it. I'm not gonna hold you, um, but it's a choice whether those are the things that I wanna pursue. Um, so it's not as it's not as free flowing or like people shoot the shot and then it's like, oh, or I'm just shooting my shot. It's like, oh, because I was on the show, like, I think I deserve your attention. It's like, nah, it's like, you know, this is who I am. This is where I come from. This is the man I want to be. These are the goals that I have. Of course, not cut and dry like that, but you know, that's kind of the mindset I approach dating with because guys are, you know, guys are touching 30. So it's like, we got to be, we really got to be about it. People are having kids, people going to baby showers, going to all these weddings. Like, yeah, we got to date with a purpose now. You know what I'm saying? So that's how, that's how I kind of, that's my mindset now, although, you know, Dating could look different for a lot of different people, especially going into the summer. No, that's true. Dating, yeah, unless you have that open communication, what dating looks like for whoever you're talking to, you you both might be on different, yeah. uh, you both might have different perspectives or exactly. be at different stages. Um, <laughs> recently, I, I told um, someone that I thought we were just we were just talking and she was like, oh, what, what does talking to you mean to you? Cause to me, it means that we're exclusive, but not official. Dang. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting. I like that. So <laughs> yeah, once I understood that, you know, that kind of kind of changed my expectation in terms of what she's looking for and, and also what I'm looking for, what stage I'm at with her. That's, so, yeah, that's good. That's lucky applying pressure a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So let's put some definitions to an ambiguous term. I like it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you know, pressure either burst pipes or creates diamonds. Mm. We're working on creating them jewels. That's it. She's trying to get a diamond out of you, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, you know. And I'm pretty sure you probably had those experiences also talking to women where maybe you both had different perspectives on where you're at. What do you, what do you think like dating with a purpose means to you? Yeah, bro? bro, I think dating with purpose, it doesn't come necessarily like with 
it comes with the end in mind, but it's also not the ultimate focus. You know what I'm saying? So like, in mm. and I say that to being like, the goal of dating necessarily isn't just, oh, so I can get a boyfriend or girlfriend or so I can get a fiance mm. or so I can get a husband or wife. Cause of course, like it's a lifelong goal. So you want to pursue continually getting to know someone and pursue like actively per, like being sorry, in pursuit of some of someone. Um, but the purpose and intentionality comes with clarity. It comes with communication. It comes with coming with the proper intentions off rip. It comes with um, providing boundaries. Um, not only that, you know, your partner expects for you that you are, that you are able to place on yourself, which requires discipline within yourself, you know? So I think those are a few things that comes with dating with purpose. And also, you know, the desire of wanting not only you to become the best version of yourself, but wanting to see the best version out of your partner and understanding what things I can do or what things your partner needs or wants to be able to see that. Um, and then as he or she, which is your partner, is able to achieve those best the, that best version of yourself, it encourages you and it provides your partner opportunity to do the same thing for you that allows that continual evolution in a relationship. Um, but if things are oftentimes free-flowing, it can lead to things becoming stagnant, um, which, you know, kind of dulls our relationship and allows things to go backwards. And I think I've been in a position where I felt both and uh, the purpose, the purpose elements of it makes it feel a lot more uh, fruitful, profitable, exciting, clear. Mm. Yeah. Mm, those are those are some nice you know adjectives to describe what a purposeful relationship could be or or it's talking with or i guess dating with a yeah. purpose could look like i was just envisioning like a river when you were talking about your different examples like free flowing you know i'm thinking about a river meandering but then it gets stuck on a big rock yeah. you know you know once it gets stuck it's like some of the water goes off to the side mm -hmm. it's almost like you and that person became begin to separate yeah. That's kind of like the the visual image of that was forming in my mind when you were talking about that. That's it. But yeah, so besides you know dating with a purpose, you also have a greater purpose in life, yeah. and I believe you have derived this purpose from you know something that's beyond this world, um, something that's from above, but ultimately the world would see it as your your worldly purpose, what you're going to do out in this world. You know, you're right now studying for your PhD. Why why PhD instead of maybe other doctorate degrees? What what drew you to it? Um well first of all I can't I can't do throw up. <laughs> That's the first thing. I thought about being a doctor man. I helped out with EMS one time. Some person god bless them threw up in the tent at a football game at a unc football game and the whole place smelled and the person was so kind caring said don't worry about it threw up on their shoe don't worry about it we gonna clean it up primary focus was the patient at hand my primary fo like i was like this place stinks like someone needs to take care of this like this is gross and it's not gonna be me um, so ultimately, I knew I couldn't be a doctor if I can't handle throw up. I mean, I don't know. Lord knows what else happens in the hospital. Um, so because of that, I knew I didn't really, I couldn't really pursue the uh, medical school aspect of things. 
Um, but I did have an interest in being an engineer and uh, in Carolina, the primary form of engineering that they offer is biomedical engineering, which provides engineering um, tools and just translated to the human body and to find solutions to improve the health and quality of life for people. And that's something that I could relate to. It sparked my curiosity because I was able to create, which is important to me in the same way that fashion pulls a essence out of me that's a creative, so does engineering. Especially when you get things to work, there's a big fulfilling aspect of it. Um, and my mentor, uh, once I started working in a research lab, she got her PhD at Florida and she started to say, you could do this. And once I got my hands going and I, I got a project to work, got a few projects to work, started speaking at conferences, she kept in my ear like, you can do this, you can apply. And I was like, you think so? And I think the aid of just having a mentor is what made a big difference for me to like pursue uh, this PhD. And um, I still talk to her to this day, every two to three weeks, we catch up and we talk for like maybe an hour. And we just talk about what we're going through, what her, um, how her career is progressing, how my career is progressing. Um, and so that was a big reason why I decided to pursue it. And I was like, you know, I don't necessarily feel the elements of big money that makes me be like, oh, I can't go back. So, you know, I can still live this lifestyle. It's not an easy lifestyle. Graduate school is not an easy lifestyle to live. Um, talking about relationships, I'm in a relationship with school. So, you know, I moved. I'll move however uh, school moves. So once that's done, um, then it opens things up to to pursue other things. But yeah, that's kind of uh, the story on how I got there. Yeah, as you were saying, your mentor was a big influence on you pursuing a PhD. And um, now you're in Texas. Just quickly wanted to ask you, you know, for anyone that's wondering, should I move out of state? Should I, you know, if I want to move out of state, where do, where should I go? How do I decide on where to live for a PhD program, an academic program, or just like any big career, um, you know, change? What, what advice would you have for them? Um, moving out is a, it's a lot, there's a lot to consider. First of all, like, I think one thing I felt mentally ready to move out of North Carolina so one thing that had happened, I'd gone there for undergrad, gone there my K through 12, you know, that's that's what I knew. So I was excited for a new adventure. Um, and so when it was time for me to apply to grad schools, I applied everywhere. I applied to like, I applied to uh, wherever Marquette is, which I think is Wisconsin, which is wild. I applied mm -hmm. to Chicago, applied to UC Riverside, which is in California. I applied to a school in Pennsylvania. I applied to a school in Florida. Like I applied all over the country, uh, three schools in Texas. Um, so then I was kind of open going anywhere. Um, but then I settled on Dallas. And I think the main thing that happens to count is family. If family is important to you, that's something that I'm currently compromising on because I don't get to see my family as often as I would like. We do talk on the phone, but it is a hard adjustment um and also understanding you have to be okay being by yourself at sometimes you have to be okay not having close access to your friends I have a good amount of my college boys like I see them maybe once or twice a year I mean of course we use text but I don't have access to them on weekends and a lot of them are on the east coast so they get to see each other more than I get to see them 
um, being open to making new friends, like new communities. I love the community I've made here in Dallas. Like you mentioned, being at at a new local at the new local church, it helped for me to like find friends and build off that. But the big thing that comes with moving to a new city is deciding who you want to be. Um, you go to a new city, no one really knows you. You haven't really formed an identity. You haven't formed a reputation, which for me was exciting because I was like, you know, I could be, you know, I could, you know, curve a new path to who I want to become. Um, it was all, I mean, it's also by God's grace that like I was able just to find the right people to be in the right environments. Um, but also choosing the environment I want to be in. It's like, do I want to be in an environment that parties all the time? Do I want to be in an environment that maybe stimulates my mind? Do I want to be in an environment that enhances my cultural experience? Do I want to be in an environment that helps me emotionally, physically, mentally? Like, what type of things do I want to cultivate in this new space? And I think that's something that's really important to consider because it helps you decide the type of people you have around and the goals that you want to pursue. Um, so I think those are the big things that came in consideration and I found a lot of joy in my Dallas move, but, you know, compromise comes. And I think the big thing is like not being close to my mom, my dad, and my sister back in North Carolina. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You know, you're in a different time zone right now. Absolutely. You're hundreds of miles away from your family and those are people you're used to being around. Also your friends too. Yeah. Um, which you're you've created lifelong relationship with, but it's it's hard to maybe maintain them as well as you would like exactly. now that you're, you have a considerable distance away from them. That's it, exactly. So mm -hmm. It's good, but it's tough, but you want to be a better new version of yourself. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I think you were saying that you wanted to also ask me a few questions, bro. So yeah, man. So uh, earlier on, as you were talking about what dating with purpose looks like, I was curious to know what that looked like for you. What does what does dating intentionally or purposefully look like for you? Yeah, yeah. I, I tend to be someone who likes to go by semantics. So when I think of something like dating with a purpose, I kind of break down like each each um, I guess significant word. So you know, dating going out with someone to try to find out if you'd want to become exclusive with them and then lead to a relationship that um, could end up in a marriage and having a family. But then with a with purpose, you know, purpose is knowing or understanding what the end goal of something is. So I think depending on who you ask, the definition really can change. And it's not me trying to dodge the question or anything. Um, but I think dating for a purpose for someone could be casual dating. Yeah. It could be it could be um dating multiple people. It could be dating for a marriage. Yeah. I think for me it is the latter which is dating for a marriage, yeah. but it's become also a little bit of maybe the second one where it's dating multiple people in the sense that I'm trying to keep my options open to find the best person for myself. Yeah. Um, so before I get into that exclusive stage, um, which I guess the, the other, <laughs> the girl I mentioned before mentioned as the talking stage. Yeah. Um, I want to make sure that I'm not putting or all my time or investing into someone exclusively yeah. when maybe they don't check off all my non-negotiables. Yeah. Um, and I think that's ultimately where it comes down to. What are your negotiables and what are your non-negotiables 
for whatever your goal in dating is. Um, I'm not a proponent of casual dating, but if that is your thing, make sure you understand why you're doing it and what those non-negotiables are. Because at the end of the day, I think the reason why a lot of people are age struggle with dating is because we're not clear with communicating what we want to do, what our outcome or intended purpose in dating is. So what I follow question, what does your dream girl, what are the qualities of your dream girl? Bro. <laughs> what are the qualities I don't of your know. dream girl? <laughs> I don't know if you're trying to eliminate viable candidates nah. or something. But... <laughs> I'm trying to eliminate nothing. It's your dream, girl. It's your hey, world. That's true. That's true. It's, it's like world. It's like we all have dream cars, but oh, we're not all going to be able to exactly. drive our dream cars. Exactly. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, I mean, I think for me, someone who has a good um, spiritual foundation, who's willing to, to grow their faith. They don't have to be well-established in the faith, but be willing to grow and learn yeah. um, in the faith. Because I think I'm growing and learning each day also. Um, now, if we go to physical attributes, I do like my dark skins. I love my dark skins. Crazy. Shout out my dark skin woman. Um, you know, nice smile. Um, someone who, this is more abstract, but someone who wants me more than they need me. Mm. You know, in the age where we have a lot of independent boss chicks mm -hmm. it's cool to feel that way but i don't want you to be spilling that and remind me of that every single time we're around mm -hmm. um and someone who's willing to i think have a mindset of maybe establishing generational wealth so understand the importance of living below your means and paying off your debt first before you can live a life of abundance i think those are the the major traits I'm looking for. That's good. You're not going to find those traits quickly off of this major. <laughs> so you really got to get to know somebody. I'm telling you, bro. I'm telling you. That's what's up. <laughs> what's up? Yeah, man. Do you have no non-negotiables too? You say it again? Do you have non-negotiables? Do I have non-negotiables? Um, um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. For marriage, mm -hmm. you're seriously liking a girl. Mm -hmm. Wait, say again. Relationship with Christ. I think I mm -hmm. don't. I don't. Maybe I. I. I gotta think if I say I don't necessarily lead with this. Just I want to know that you have it for yourself. If that makes sense, sounds a little backwards. I know my fault. I'm working on it. Um, mm -hmm. but what I'm trying to say is I want. to know that this is what you carry regardless if think that is important to you is this a core value that you have absolutely for me um i think that's something that it's like boom it's like game changer honestly um someone who has community that's something that's important to me non-negotiables is like do you have a group of friends that you can go to do you have a group of friends that hold you accountable do you have a group of friends that care that care about whatever their boundaries they care about you know their goals that you know strive for different things that you can celebrate things with you can cry with are you able to have long-lasting relationships with people that's something mm. that is a uh, non-negotiable for me 
Um, I want to know what your community looks like. I want to know what your the environment and the trains of thought of people you have around you. Um, another non-negotiable man. I'm uh, I'm not sure if I'm a long distance dude, Shah. So to begin things off, can we see each other? Can we be in the same place? Can we vibe? It doesn't really matter what the activity is, but can we enjoy each other's space? Um, can you enjoy silence with me? That's a non-negotiable um, because in certain spaces, I'm an extrovert, but in a lot of spaces, I'm an introvert. And so do you feel like you can enjoy a quiet space with me? Because that is honestly how I am, probably like 75, 80% of the time. Uh, do you like to have fun, non-negotiable? You see, the list can just keep going. This can be okay. <laughs> do you like to have fun? Like, do you like adventurous things? Do you like to travel? Do you like to be spontaneous? Um, do you like doing new things? Are you available? Um, at the same time, are you stable? Do you have a job? Do you care about your financial wealth? Do you have a place where you can consistently have a roof over your head? Do you have your bills taken care of? Do you have your insurances covered? Do you care about your health? Do you go to the doctor? Do you go to the dentist? Do you, you know, things that allow to show like, you know, health is great wealth. I'm, so do you, are there things that you do to take care of your body? Do you, do you care about the things that you eat? You know, or are we doing Whataburger every Friday night with extra fries? Or, you know, some days we can go to Kava, you know? So it's like things of that nature. Um, just because I want to be the best version of myself and the best version of me requires eating healthier foods, you know? Um, do you like to exercise? Do you like to go for runs? Do you like to go for walks? Do you like, you know, different types of physical activities? Um, what else? Are you honest? Do you like to communicate? Um, do you have an essence of respect for authority? Um, do you also have an essence of respect for self-respect? Are you able just to communicate that? Do you, are you kind? You know, not only are you kind to those who are kind to you, but also just are you able to show kindness and meet people um, for where they are? Not necessarily everybody, not have to be Mother Teresa, but are you kind? Are you kind with your words, also honest or direct? So many things, so many things that I'm looking for. Maybe it's too long and that's why guys are chilling. But no, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Man, man, I hope the ladies are listening. He didn't say that he needs y'all to be the table. He just asked y'all to be stable. But... Don't be the table, be stable. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, we love stability here. Yes, sir. But uh, I got to throw it back at you a little bit, Leroy. Are you asking all these questions on the first date? No, 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 no. I'm not asking questions. Sometimes I'll, okay. oh my gosh. No, no, I'm not asking these questions. At first date, you just want to vibe. Can we have fun? You know, so it's mm -hmm. in there, it's mm -hmm. in there, it's in there. But like, there's a lot of things like with the power of social media, you could you could pick up on people's habits. Mm. You could pick up on people's traits. You could pick up on like what their schedule looks like. If someone has a routine schedule, wow, you know they're trying to accomplish things. If someone has a routine schedule, then you know that they're fitting in, going for a walk, getting to work on time, taking care of their apartment, meeting up with friends. You know, being able to go to church, being able to uh, go to a therapist, if they have a therapist, whatever these things are, you can figure out the things that they're doing. And you also know, like, the things they probably can't do if they're doing other things. So you can figure things out through social media as well. 
True, true. That's a valid point, man. And um, just trying to have have a good time. Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah. And I've been telling people this that your actions speak louder than your words. So I think a lot of things you you peep through people's actions more than what they tell you. Come on, come on. It just said, it doesn't take but an action to say okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I did. Uh, a word to the wise is enough, you know? There we go. There we go. But yeah, Leroy, man, we've had a pretty good conversation on here. Yes. Um, about to wrap things up over here, but I'm going to give you this opportunity to give any final few words. Final words? Um, yeah, getting good community. That's it. I mean, building healthy friendships have, have been some of my most rewarding experiences. Um, and that just allows, has allowed for me to, allows for me to grow spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally. Um, it's amazing, amazing. Physically, like I have my boys that are always encouraging each other to go to the gym. Mentally, I have my friends who go to therapy and we're always like, oh, when are you going? I'm going to this, I'm going to this. Spiritually, I got my social Dallas community out here going to church, you know, going to connect groups. Um, that's been amazing. And emotionally, of course, like just having friends that if things are up, things are down, they can just talk to and connect with. It's important to know that you have people who you can celebrate with and cry with. And please don't feel like, especially for men, don't feel like you have to be strong all the time. Please find people that you can be vulnerable with um, because you owe that to yourself just to be human. So that's what I got to say. Hey man, what a powerful way to wrap things up. And if y'all are interested in finding more about connecting or creating a community in your 20s, definitely check out the second episode with Diamond we talk a little bit more about that too. But without further ado, man, I want to thank Leroy for Shut coming up. onto the pod, Thanks, joining the friend zone. And we'll wrap things up here. This is Kojo. And on here is Leroy. There we go. There we go. And this is the friend zone. We'll see you next yeah. time. Thank you for making it to the very end. Remember, a share goes a long way, and I hope to see you back in the friend zone. Bye-bye.